Welcome to the Sticks and Stones and Broken Bones podcast with Rock Valley Physical Therapy. When you're looking for solutions to pain, we are here to help. Whether success for you means lifting a grandchild, getting back to work, or simply walking up the stairs without pain, Rock Valley Physical Therapy is here to help with compassionate, expert clinicians whose goal is to make care as fun and easy as possible. Each episode, we will spend time learning from healthcare providers and patients in hopes of offering solutions to your own aches and pains. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Sticks and Stones and Broken Bones podcast. This is your host, Sam Huey. I am recording from lovely Waukee, Iowa today. It's rainy. It's dreary. Unfortunately, we haven't seen the sun for like three days. It's chilly out. But you know what? I got a ray of sunshine with me on the podcast today. It's not myself. It's my friend, Colleen Miller. Uh, Colleen's here to talk to us about Parkinson's and what physical therapy can do to help with that. Um, Colleen, introduce yourself a little bit. Thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Happy to be here. My name is Colleen Miller. Um, I work in our Ankeny clinic here with Rock Valley Physical Therapy. I've been here for about five and a half years. Um, a little bit of backstory on me. I'm from the Urbandale and Johnston area. And then I went to Rockhurst University in Kansas City for my undergraduate degree prior to going to Des Moines University for physical therapy. While I was at DMU, I participated in some research projects with, with um, looking into how physical therapy can help with people with Parkinson's disease. So that's what kind of triggered my, my interest in um, that patient population and, and seeing what I can do here in the community to, to help assist them. So that's kind of the backstory as to how, um, not, not necessarily how I got into PT, but specifically with Parkinson's disease. Yeah, excellent. So in your time in Kansas, did you get brainwashed into being a Jayhawks fan? No, I was overwhelmed by their abundance, but I, I don't think that I could ever get brainwashed in that direction. <laughs> way, to, way to stay strong. Um, do you have any exciting news, personal news coming up for the, for the next few months here? Yeah, a couple of months here. We'll, my husband Jordan and I will welcome our first little one. So we're due June 9th. And so we're looking forward to that. It'll definitely be an adventure. That is awesome. Congratulations. My wife's birthday is June 10th. So it's a, it's a good Ooh. time of year to be born. So yeah. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's get down to it. So um, yeah, Parkinson's disease. Why don't, you, why don't you tell us just a real brief, maybe even just a definition of what Parkinson's disease is and what it looks like in a, you know, in the typical presentation. Sure. Yep. So Parkinson's disease is a um, considered a neurodegenerative disease of the brain, meaning that there is a certain area of the brain that stops producing cells that produce dopamine. So dopamine is what not only helps us with our mood and, and things along those lines, but it also is what helps us move our bodies. So our bodies require dopamine in order to create muscle contractions and those types of things. And so what happens in an individual who has Parkinson's is the area of their brain that produces the dopamine um, those cells die off and it creates Parkinson's disease, which can lead to movement issues um, and a lot of other non-motor related issues, but primarily they see small movements, um, a very soft voice. Sometimes they have a forward flexed posture and the th those kinds of things. And that can lead to some, some balance and, and functional deficits. Yeah. So some of those things are controlled through medication, obviously, but there's a lot of those things that physical therapy can intervene and help with. Um, whether that's, you know, management or treatment, depending on the situation, probably. Yep. Um, so I always like to kind of, you know, start this conversation as if it were a story, right? So let's say my grandfather was recently diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and we are brand new to this. We don't know anything about this. Um, you having, you know, worked with this and experienced this, um, you know, what's, what's some of your initial advice on 
on how to approach this from a navigating the healthcare system or you know seeking out the right help? What do you think? Absolutely. I think one of the most important things is to make sure that you get established with a movement specialist neurologist. So, you know, primary care physicians and internal med physicians are great at detecting the symptoms of Parkinson's and even helping you get diagnosed. But when it comes to managing the disease and managing your medications and those types of things, the, the best person to help you along with that is a neurologist, but within the neurology department, make sure you're seeing somebody that's considered a movement specialist neurologist. Um, and here in Des Moines, we have a handful of them at both of the big, big hospital systems, which is nice, but I, I definitely recommend that. I've seen over the years that sometimes when um, it's not that the primary care or the internal med doctor is navigating it incorrectly, they're just not as specific to Parkinson's as some people can. So you might as well find the person that has the most expertise um, in, in your diagnosis to make sure that they're the ones caring for, for you throughout the process. So another important thing, and I think this is growing here in Des Moines, is to um, establish a care and a support team. So have a, a group of individuals that you want to help stay, you want them to stay informed with regards to what your diagnosis is, what medications you're on, what, um, what programs you're involved in, and also help you research those things too. So it can be very overwhelming, even if it's just you and your spouse, you know, engage your children. A lot of the neurology clinics here in Des Moines have a, um, have a care team nurse that can help you navigate those types of things too. And their job is to kind of, if you call and say, Hey, I'd like to find a support group, or I'd like to find an exercise group, they can help you navigate that system. Um, and so just asking those questions when you have your appointments to make sure that you have a good group of four or five people that you can rely on that, that makes it a little less daunting because it is a lot of information. Um, and so having somebody that can kind of help, help you navigate that system is very helpful. Yeah. And I assume that even if, if you're in a, maybe a more rural area, if there's nothing physically there, you know, as far as a support group, a formal support group, I mean, I'm sure there's some great online resources, you know, I've, I've seen with other patient populations that there's these great forums online and interactive virtual meetings and things that we've all become so accustomed to with, uh, with COVID, right? Yeah. That might be one of the only um, benefits that came out of COVID, right? Is that everyone's become a little bit more well-versed in creating virtual options for people who do live in more rural communities or have difficulty driving to, you know, meetings and those kinds of things. And so one of the best resources is just go to the American Parkinson's Disease Association website, and they, they have a link for, for every state in the United States. And within that link to your state, it'll give you a list of exercise groups, a list of support groups, um, and then some links to, you know, previously recorded support groups and those kinds of things. But one of the best things that they can do as well is if you reach out to them and just say, um, that you were newly diagnosed, or maybe it's not newly diagnosed, but that you're just looking for more resources, they send you a ton of information in the mail. So they'll send you pamphlets regarding um, regarding different symptoms and, and how to manage things. And so they're an excellent resource and they're nationwide. Cool. And, and I'll have Colleen send that uh, that link to me and I can put that in the caption of this, this episode so that if you missed it, it's easy to click on. Um, great. So that was our, our, our advice for somebody newly diagnosed, right? Um, is what is something you wish people knew more about uh, just regarding uh, Parkinson's disease in general? Yeah, I think a, a huge thing that doesn't get talked about enough is, is what we call non-motor symptoms. So the obvious things with Parkinson's is when you, you look at your loved one or a friend and, and you can see that their, their posture has changed or their movement has changed. Those are things that are, are more obvious and visible, um, but there's a lot of things related to Parkinson's that um, are 
are not visible to the naked eye. Um, and, and some of them include fatigue and depression and cognitive changes, um, difficulty swallowing, um, and in general, what they call like a flat affect because our, our face is controlled by muscles. And so we have lack of facial expressions and that can create challenges with communication with your friends and family. You know, it kind of makes you look like you're not interested, even though they are, it's just not showing. So all of those nonverbal communication factors, I think um, all of those are things that are affected with people with Parkinson's. And if you look at the list of motor symptoms, you know, there might be five to six things on there that are pretty obvious. But if you look at the list of non-motor symptoms, it's three times as long. And I, I truly think that those types of things can affect the person with Parkinson's a little bit more in their daily life than even the movement-based symptoms do. So I think that that can be huge because that can help, you know, making people aware of those things can help make sure they're checking on people a little bit more and, and make sure they're, they're not just only focusing on how you're moving, but how you're feeling and how you're doing and those kinds of things too. And I would think for not only the patient, but the patient's family to understand that that's a normal part of the disease process. It's not that they are disengaged with you because they find you boring, right? That's, yeah. so I think that would be helpful all around. Um, Spinoff question there, I guess. Um, what are, you know, maybe some early, I don't know if you want to call them yellow flags or red flags that if you've got a loved one that's starting to display some of these things, what are some of the more common first things that you might see that might, that might trigger you to, Hey, let's talk to the doc about this. Yeah. I mean, I, I think tremor is one of the earliest signs that people will see and they call it, um, specific, sorry, specifically a like pill roll tremor. So it almost looks like their thumb and their first two fingers is rolling a pill between their fingers. Um, and it can be pretty mild to start, but sometimes those are things that, that, you know, you or I might notice in ourselves and kind of ignore. Cause you're like, that's just weird. I don't really know. Let's just kind of, but if a loved one notices it, um, those can be an early sign of that, that can be an early sign of Parkinson's. A couple other things would be um, taking really small steps and shuffling your feet, um, losing your balance a little bit more frequently. And, you know, those are all things that are kind of general, but when you bring them up to your, your family physician or your internal med physician, um, they kind of start to fit the pattern of, of Parkinson's and then they can look into that a little bit closer. Yeah. And I suppose these are, they're small enough things early on that are, if, if someone wants to not believe that that's what's going on, they're easy enough to convince yourself that's not, not what's not happening. Right. Right. Yeah. And then they can put it off. And the earlier that we can diagnose, the earlier we can um, not necessarily intervene might not be the best word, but can adapt and, and mm -hmm. set you up with the tools that you need to, to, um, to accommodate for the situation. Great. Okay. So, so we've identified some of these issues with grandpa now, right? We've got him into his <laughs> primary care doctor and his primary care doctor has referred him to a, a move, functional movement neurologist. Um, where does physical therapy fit in this whole picture? Um, either at what stage or kind of what's the, what's the intervention there? Sure. I think the physical therapy can be a very integral part of anybody's journey with Parkinson's. Um, one of the biggest things that they have shown that helps decrease symptoms in people with Parkinson's is exercise. And, and that's kind of our bread and butter, right? But that, that can be kind of daunting. And if you just tell somebody with Parkinson's go exercise, they might not know specifically how long, how intense, you know, what kind of exercise they should be doing. And I think that's where PT can come in first and foremost is just to get them set up with some exercises specific to people with Parkinson's um, and, and just get them started on that because exercise naturally produces dopamine in our body. Um, and so when we know that Parkinson's is affected because the dopamine producing cells in our brain 
aren't producing enough dopamine, if we can create it with exercise, then you can combat the, the symptoms of Parkinson's, right? And so I think that's where PT can come in first and foremost, is just starting you on an exercise routine that's very specific to you. Um, there's other programs that are um, PT and speech and occupational therapy based. One of the big ones is called Big and Loud. And I think that everybody who who has Parkinson's should do it at some point in time. So that's something to definitely ask your neurologist about, but that program is provided by a PT or OT and then a speech therapist on top of it. Um, and it's kind of an intense program, but it helps educate you. It helps get, get that exercise routine established. So that would be the biggest thing I think PT wise to, to offer. Yeah. And if you're listening to this, um, I was just looking back episode seven. Um, we had a whole episode de- dedicated LSVT. Um, another, one of our therapists named Kristen, um, sat down and talked with me about that. So if you want more specific details on that program itself, uh, go back to uh, April 22nd, 2021, uh, episode seven. So you can check that out. Absolutely. Um, okay. So we talked about, you know, therapy, individualized therapy treatment. Um, and then we've kind of talked about these bigger support group type things, um, Rock study boxing, I know, is something you've been involved with, and I know there's other similar types of things that seems almost to me like a combination of the therapy and the support group. So why don't you talk us uh, talk us through that, what that looks like? Yeah, so here in Ankeny, we have a rock study boxing program, which is a non-contact um, boxing program <laughs> specifically for people with Parkinson's. And I think that that last little bit is one of the most important pieces is that um, it is an exercise group that the only people participating are other people with Parkinson's disease, right? And so one of the um, principles, I guess, of prescribing exercise to somebody with Parkinson's that has been shown to be helpful is that it should be um, kind of intense. Like if you just do steady state type of things, it's not bad for you by any means. It's always great. But the more intense exercise for shorter durations can, can be equally as helpful. So rock steady here in Ankeny, we offer it twice a week. Um, it's at a local Farrell's gym. So we use all their boxing equipment, their kickboxing stuff and um, go through the program and it emphasizes big movements. It emphasizes the cognitive piece of having to remember the different combinations of punches and things along those lines. And I think that here in Ankeny, we have a pretty unique situation because it is taught by physical therapists. So we add in a ton of balance and walking activities and um, strength training and those kinds of things that we can kind of tailor towards um, with regards to our knowledge base behind it with the PT side of things. And so you don't have to be a PT to teach rock steady, but I think that we have a unique outlook on our rock steady program because of our physical therapy background. Yeah. And then they've established that connection with you, whether they've been a patient of yours or not in the past, you know, if something changes with their status or their ability to get around and do their daily activities, they've already established that relationship with you and the other therapists. So then it's an easy, Hey, can you, take a more in-depth look at me, right? Yeah. So if we find something in particular, you know, if a, a participant in the boxing program has trouble stepping up and over a hurdle or something along those lines, and they say, Hey, you know, that actually is hard for me when I'm walking in the community and I come up, up to a curve, you know, I might have some freezing that goes on or some of that staggered stepping. Um, then it's a, a perfect way of saying like, you know, why don't you come see me in the clinic for some of that one-on-one treatment and we can show you some tips and tricks that are specific to whatever it is that you're having trouble with. Um, and so it can be kind of a nice, um, give and take, you know, some, not all the boxers come to PT and not everyone who I see for Parkinson's in the clinic does boxing, but it can be a really organic way of, of transitioning back and forth for, for, um, for that and a good resource. And it kind of circles back to the beginning, Sam, what we talked about with establishing that care and support team, because, you know, with the boxing program, they, they have the other boxers to hang out with and chat and, 
and um, be able to vent to, but then they also have us as PTs as a resource as well. So it kind of just serves its own purpose in that too. Right, and the, the PT then can serve as the gatekeeper to the rest of the medical community too, right? If you're seeing something changing with this patient or something that dif that's different, that's an easy phone call for us to pick up, pick up the phone and, and call that neurologist or the primary care and say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. What do we need to do different, you know? Absolutely. Um, okay, so we always like to give a little plug for direct access, right? So direct access, of course, is your ability to go see your physical therapist without a referral from a physician. Um, certainly we, you know, we do rely on physicians for, you know, referrals. Um, however, you know, in this case, let's say somebody's in your rock steady boxing class and has identified one of these challenges. Um, you know, the vast majority of insurances don't require uh, referral. So that, that patient could be seen directly by Colleen or someone like Colleen um, get evaluated. And then again, if more medical care is appropriate, Colleen is trained to identify that and refer that patient on. So um, I, I kind of stole your thunder on that one, Colleen, but the idea is you can see your physical therapist um, directly and that therapist is trained to, you know, assess your, your challenges, your deficits and identify any, you know, considerable yellow or red flags that may need to be uh, seen by your neurologist or your physician. Absolutely. All right, Colleen, anything else that we skipped that we, that we intended to talk about on this? Well, one of the other things um, here in Ankeny that we offer, and this has been, I think, coming up on four and a half or five years now, is um, we do a monthly Parkinson's disease support group. So that group is held the third Tuesday of the month at 1230, and that's here at our Rock Valley Clinic in Ankeny. Um, and so every, every month we kind of, lately we've been alternating between having a speaker come in and present on various topics, and then the next month we'll make it more of just kind of an open discussion um, it's been really fun. Sometimes we split up the uh, person with Parkinson's and their spouse or caretaker so that they can vent on, on their own and, and have that communication. And that's been kind of nice for, for some spouses to be able to, um, to chat with each other about what, what is challenging or what is going well or what they've tried and those kinds of things. Um, and also let the people with Parkinson's vent in, in kind of separate spaces. So we don't always do that, but as that, that has been something we've gotten good feedback about in the past. And so um, we just had our April one yesterday. We had some students from Iowa State come down and present on their research with regards to Parkinson's and how the, the people with Parkinson's in the, in the community can get involved. And so it's been a fun way for us to, to get to know people. And, you know, with, with the boxing program, we get to know the people with Parkinson's, but with the support group, we get to know their families a little bit as well. And it's really fun. Yeah. And that's a great point. You know, when we've got a family member with a disease process like this, it's it's not just impacting them, right? It's impacting all their loved ones. They all go through it together. So that's, that's really cool that family members are welcome and that I love the idea of breaking off and letting them have their time too, right? Yeah, I think they really appreciate it and it's helpful for them to vent just as much as the, the people with Parkinson's, right? Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for all your work with this population. I think, you know, as many of the populations we talk about on this podcast are, are underserved, right? And it takes a special person like you that's got this passion or interest in this area, as well as the skill set. And you've dedicated some extra time and training, of course, to this. So thank you for doing that. And uh, I know your community is, is better for it. Um, and thanks for being on the podcast and, and teaching us a little bit today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. You bet. Thanks to all those out there listening today. Remember to check out our website at rockvalleypt.com as well as our Facebook for more information about Rock Valley and all of our services that we offer. We now have over 60 clinics serving Iowa, Illinois, and Nebraska. 
and our employees live out our tagline every day with the goal of making better lives. 